Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Five Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of Pastor Hart Ramsey as he shares about life, liberty, love, the Bible, current events. You know, anything could go down in these sessions. You know how it goes down. Hart Ramsey is here. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Gerard. How are you doing, man? I am well. So, of course, coming up very soon is Easter or Resurrection Sunday. And, you know, growing up, it seemed to be okay to call it Easter. But (laughs) now, you know, people are like, it's Resurrection Sunday. Don't call it Easter. That's a pagan holiday. So let me start this conversation by asking, like, is there a real difference between Easter and Resurrection Sunday? And if so, what should we call it? Well, here's the thing. And that's a good question, too, because everyone is up in arms. All of a sudden, everyone is woke. Right. You know? All of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the reason we call it Easter, really, it, when you read the scripture in Acts chapter 12, uh, it says, uh, you know, it, t- it tells a story about how Herod uh, uh, was on this tear about persecuting the church. And the Bible says, I think in verse one, about that time, Herod the king uh, stretched forth his hand. He vexed certain of the church. What he was doing, he was killing uh, believers, but then he got a hold of some of the leaders. Okay. And so James, uh, who's the brother of John, uh, you know, the sons of thunder that Jesus called them, he was, uh, Herod killed him. Okay. Herod killed him with the sword. And, and when he saw that this pleased the Jews, and verse three says, he proceeded to further take Peter. So he arrested Peter. And then the Bible says, then were the days of unleavened bread. And that's and this is the, the part right here. Now, remember, we are Christians. Right. But the, but when you go back and if you go back and study the feasts of the Lord on um, the days of unleavened bread is a, is a, a part of the Passover It's actually going into the weekend of the Passover. Okay. That whole, you, you have what's called Passover week, um, which, which in our case may have started Monday. And uh, uh, and then it goes all the way. And then when the weekend is coming around, they're called the days of unleavened bread. And it it all goes back to the Passover when God brought uh, Israel out of Egypt. Okay. Uh, How they were given uh, how to eat the Passover meal, how to kill the lamb, how the bread should be cooked uh, or should be baked rather than how they should um, be dressed in in preparation to leave. And so it says, then were the days of unleavened bread. But in verse four, it says, and when he had apprehended him, he put him, speaking of Peter, in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending. And the Bible actually says in the King James, intending after Easter hmm. to bring it forth to the people. So the word Easter is mentioned one time uh, uh, in Scripture. And what's interesting is when you go and, and look at the definition of the word is the, the uh, Greek word Pascha. Okay. Pascha. And it, and it literally means Passover. Wow. So 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 technically, this is crazy. Or, or, um the, the root word in the scripture was not Easter. It was it was actually it was after that. It says after, he was intending that after the Passover, he would bring him before the people. But so for some strange reason, the translator translated it as Easter. Hmm. 
which means that even back in those days, and let me tell you what was going on, and, and people can check their history. I'm, I'm going to be as close to the history as possible. Maybe not not spot on, but it's close. Um, the, and, and it's the same thing with Christmas. Okay. Um, the, um, the church has certain celebrations that we acknowledge. The Bible says that the things of God are foolishness to, to mere men. People that are unregenerate, they're not born again, their eyes are not open, they're still blinded by the enemy. They don't see what we see. Right. So, so we will get people get saved, become the church, and when we come to church. There's a whole new culture. There's a, a, a born again culture, a spiritual culture, and then we we speak of spiritual things. We acknowledge spiritual things. Our citizenship, the Bible says, is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, so as citizens of heaven, we're celebrating holidays or holy days that the world does. The world calls something else, or they're having a different celebration at the same time. Right. So, so when if we go back to Christmas, for example, people are getting saved, and and um, there's a big revival of people being born again into into, into the, the body of Christ, but they're being born again, and at the same time, there's a winter solstice that's going on, which is a pagan holiday. So, what do we do? What what do we do that when the festival of the winter solstice come around, where they're celebrating winter, and 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 uh, all these things? What do we do? Well, what the church did was they 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 took that same time to celebrate the birth of Christ. They took up some of the same symbols and transformed them into something else to keep the believers focused on Jesus. It's not something to be criticized. It's something to be celebrated. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? A good example is this. People don't know this, but when during the, during the, um, the Reformation, when, when um, the Protestant movement was up and coming, they were bro- broken away from the Catholic Church, they were teaching this doctrine, this doctrine of grace, okay. justica- justification by grace alone. And what people don't know, Gerard, is that a lot of the hymns that we sing today, yeah. they, they are sung to the melodies of the old drinking songs. Wow. Because, because everyone knew the melody. You, if you've if you ever been to a bar, if you've ever been a part of a, dr- a, a drunk celebration, you knew this, these songs and you knew the lyrics. So what they did was, since everyone already knew the melodies, they just changed the words. This is very interesting. <laughs> so, so, so now we fast forward back to, to what we call Easter. Easter and Resurrection Sunday are the same thing. You know, some people call their car their ride. Some people call it a whip. Right. Some people, some, it's still a car. We know what it is. And technically, it's an automobile. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not really what we call it. The thing is, does it run? <laughs> I mean, is it, is right. It, is it a horse and buggy or is it an automobile? I think we let's not get caught up in in um, Easter's ash to the goddess of that. That's their thing. That's not our thing, right? And I think I think the saints get real technical. Let me say this before we we move on from this. What's critical, uh, is, and I love these heart to hearts because we get a chance to share this stuff that I won't necessarily get a chance to preach in the pulpit, right? Okay, but but I think what what has to happen with us is we need to realize that when Jesus was in the earth. He grew up in what's called Galilee of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. that area. In other words, he grew up around people religion, or people who had religions from Africa and from different parts of the world. Even the Jews had different sections. They had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Hellenistic uh, Jews, and, and they all worshipped God a different way. But you never see him tripping about that in Scripture. Wow. Because his message was his message was the truth. It, it is the light. And, and he knew that no matter how where darkness hid, you didn't have to go in there and address the type of darkness it was. Right. No, it's really dark and dirty in his dark and dingy, it's dark and cold. No, just go in and cut the lights on right. and the darkness is going to leave. 
the church, we need to get a hold of this concept and stop being so combative and so argumentative when it comes to the differences of people's uh, ways of seeing things and just present the light. Just give them light, salt and light. This, this is so good because like in my head, there are fireworks going off because <laughs> there are. So I'm going to try to get as many of those as I can out. One. Well, let me let me start by asking this question. You mentioned that um, a holiday like Christmas kind of matched the winter solstice and Easter matched another holiday. So is it safe to say that. You know, these holidays that were put together in an attempt to really keep new converts focused on Jesus. Is it safe to say that these the the quote unquote worldly holidays or the winter solstice, those things were really technically created before Easter and Christmas? Would that yes. be right? Yeah, yeah, and they were. And what happened is, it, and, and most of the people, like for example, in, in the Virgin Islands, there's this carnival. It's, it's, it's a parade. It's, right. I mean, it, it can be. I mean, it could be really, really uh, crude. It's, it has these sexual overtones. It's a lot of parading and partying and dancing, it's like Mardi Gras. Okay. Okay. So after you get saved, doing doing some people, everyone grew up with carnival being a culture. In okay. the Virgin Islands. So what would, what the ch- churches will do is they will have the, these like beach parties during the same time and call it something else, you know, just so the people won't be distracted by the carnival. Now, what's different about Christianity is that it just so happened that when they were that when they were celebrating whatever pagan feast they was or uh, 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 celebration they were having, that the Jewish Passover felt fell at the same time. And for us Christians. The Passover is a type and shadow. Matter of fact, in, in I think First Corinthians five and seven, it says it's five and seven. Oh, I got to get that scripture correct. But it says Jesus is our Passover. I posted it this morning. He's, it says Jesus is our Passover. Right. He's our Passover Lamb. And, and, and incidentally, so you know, the word Passover means to spare. Mm. It comes from. It's a verb. It's two words. Pass over. I will pass over. Use what God right. says. The, the Jews made it one word. They call it the Passover. It's a verb and it means to spare. I will spare you. When I see the blood, I will spare you. And so for us, Jesus is our, our, the lamb that spared us. Right. And so we celebrate in in, uh, in concert. And someone asked me an interesting question, Gerard, or uh, just recently they asked me, or they, I saw it on Facebook and I, I actually chimed in on it. They asked, why is Easter in, is East, they say it's Easter in April or May. It's sometimes it's been in March and it right. depends. Now this is going to, this is worth the price of admission for all of you who are listening. Um, the, the Julian calendar, which is the Western calendar that we live by, mm-hmm. is, 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 um, is a, a calendar that, that's measured by the moon. Okay. Okay? The, the, the Middle Eastern calendar or the Jewish calendar is a solar calendar. So we have a lunar, the word moon, lunar calendar, and they have a solar calendar. Okay, mm-hmm. and what it means is it, it, it measures the same time, but it, but it, it measures it differently. Okay, so so the Jewish Passover will pass will come every time the same year for them, but for us it's going to be different because our calendar measures differently. Gotcha. So so it depends. So, so it depends on where the sun is at that time because they, they're going by the sun, but we're not going by the sun. We're going we're going by the moon. So sometimes it may be the end of March. Sometimes it may it may be sometime in April. Mm-hmm. You never know when it's going to be based on. Um, the differences of the calendar. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, and so and so a lot of people get that mixed up because they think we do, we're doing this for money. No man, listen. It's, it's, the church, I believe today, um, and the believer is getting confused 
with what the world is saying about the church. I think believers today got to make up their minds what culture they're part of. Right. Because if you keep hearing different things from different angles, it will confuse you. Because sure. the world, remember Jesus uh, Jesus said to, uh, to, to his disciples concerning the Pharisees, let the blind lead the blind. Right. And in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul said that the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest they see the glorious light of the gospel of Christ. And so they're blinded and they don't see things right. So in in the church, we, we have the light of life, who is Jesus Christ. And so now we see from we see the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so if they're speaking from a blind perspective, let them speak. They can't see what they're talking about, but we should be not only see it, but we should learn more and more about it. Right. Right. This is this is really, really good. One of the other thoughts that's in my head that makes all of this so interesting, the idea that, you know, and and this happens a lot in music as well, that there it's often said that we as the church are copying the world. We are mimicking (laughs) the world. But to hear that Easter and Christmas were kind of created as an alternative Right. To what was going on and to hear that these old hymns were really, you know, songs put to the melodies of old bar songs. Yeah. Doesn't it, to me, it just makes it very interesting why uh, we as a church find ourselves complaining so much about things that have really been happening historically. You know, and the crazy part about it, I remember years ago when I first got saved, um, James Cleveland redid oh, yes. the old Gladys Knight song. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and now it's Jesus is the best thing. That ever, but that song used to be you're the best thing that ever happened from the Gladys Knight and the Pips. That's right. Why are we getting mad about this? Now, now I'm going to tell you what's true also. We don't acknowledge it as much. But a lot of songs out in the world came from the church. Absolutely. Because I mean, okay, let's 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 be honest. So so uh, even today, a lot of the, the well-known singers and musicians they were raised in the church. Absolutely. They got their start in the church, and 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 a lot of like even the, the oldest readings, the old sixties um, uh, blues and 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 R and B singers, and even some of the jazz players, they started in church, and a lot of what they took out to the world, they got in a holy place. Absolutely. So so I think. Uh, 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 and, and of course, we tend to we tend to minimize. That's a whole nother lesson because right. no, well, it's true because when we start talking about the fact that that people, will, I saw, I, I was planning to take my wife to a Bruno Mars concert because, um, you know, Bruno Mars just has a different thing about him. He's from Honolulu. He's so mysterious. Yes. Let's go see him live and see what he's about. Gerard, the tickets range from like what I saw, and they, they can be cheaper, but I saw tickets from five hundred to twenty five hundred dollars. That sounds right. Per person, I'm thinking to myself, people are paying this. And I remember when Beyonce was doing her world tour. Mm-hmm. Man, the Saints, the Saints were going in groups to see her. Yes, they were. You have, how are you paying three, four hundred dollars for a ticket to see Beyonce, and you come talking about you can't you got no money for offerings? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying to get God mad. See. But- <laughs> I think it's the way we see. We just we become so familiar with the things of God that we treat God as if He owes us something, and I think that that it's in part to a poor job in the pulpit of us conveying to the to the, the people of God how much God loves them and what was what, the price that He actually paid wow. for for the, our redemption, and just to make sure that that uh, even when we miss it, when we when we mess up, mm-hmm. um, our debt, our sin debt was already paid and overpaid. Yeah. To make sure that we can never do anything, we can never outsend the grace of God. Um, there's so much in, in our gospel that we don't share. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's 
Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let me ask this question because one of the things that's often said about Easter specifically uh, in in the church world is the two most well-attended Sundays or services in church are Christmas and Easter. Why do you think it is that those who are unchurched manage to find their way only on those two days? I mean, what is the, what is the great significance for them? We understand what it is for the believer, but what is the significance for the unbeliever that they would show up uh, for sure Christmas and Easter? You know, uh, for some, it's, it's, it's not Christmas. For some, it's, it's Mother's Day. For sure. others, it's, it's, um, it's New Year's Eve. You know, I, I, and the answer to your question is this, Gerard. I think that there, there again, we have a problem with how we present the gospel in a, in the West, in America in particular. We don't we preach a cultural gospel. Wow. So, so, so we tie the church to our cultures, and that's why we worship in different um our, our groups and divisions and denominations because it's all tied to culture. The whites worship the whites, the Asian churches, the Latino churches, black churches, and 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 um and our culture. Like for example, the reason you see, it, for example, Mother's Day because Mama Mama's like, look, this is Easter, your butt going to church. If right. no other day, you going today. Right. And there was there was and, and it became the custom to 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 go get you a nice haircut or a nice hairdo. Get your Easter dress because you're gonna be on the on the platform doing your Easter speech. Right. And we there's certain customs and and cultural things that are built into those days. Okay. Um, Easter again, uh, th- th- we have that Easter with Mother's Day. We we coming to honor our mothers. And when you do the history of Mothers and Father's Day, these are not very old holidays. They they fairly new. Mm-hmm. They fairly new. Um, and so. I think it's just about our culture. Okay. Uh, and and uh, one of the things that, that pastors to me do horribly wrong is that we have this thing. We, we make these little um, side jokes, these little, um, we, we throw a little shade on the people right. who come to church. That, man, listen, with, with, uh, NCC, let me tell you what I try to do. When people come, you get one shot. That's right. You are going to get one shot to convey to the people 
in as many ways as possible how much Jesus loves them, to tell the story of the gospel in a way that's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. I don't want to preach you happy. Right. On, on, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we practice what I call cerebral Christianity. I want them thinking. That's good. And I want them, and and then I want them feeling. I don't want them, I don't want everyone around them feeling, and they are just observing us going in. That's that right. does them no good. Right, right, right. I, I, we want to, we want, we want to, we approach them. We 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 uh we do a, a theatrical presentation. The, the choir, of course, you know, the music ministry is going to minister in song, and then I'm I'm going to deliver a, a brief, but but very uh, direct message that tells the people what Jesus has done, what God's plan was, and how it. This is their shot. And, and many people, um, like in the days of Noah, Noah preached for 120 years and everybody heard him. Mm-hmm. There's not a, this is interesting about Noah's Ark. People, everyone heard him. Um, people saw the miracle of these animals coming out of the woods two by two. and seven, They saw it. Wow. And, and it, it's, it's impossible to believe that Noah and his, and his three sons built that big old boat by themselves. So it, it's, it stands to reason that he hired some of the men who actually drowned in the flood. Some of them worked on the ark with him. Wow. They didn't believe what he was saying, but it was a job. And so uh, it, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where we could preach to them. You could, they could see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. But un- unfortunately, many of them still won't believe. Mm-hmm. But we have to at least give the God effort. Yeah. Yeah. To get the gospel to them. Let, let, let me ask you this, because, you know, Easter, again, being such a big Sunday, there are so many different approaches that people will take um, to to present the gospel on Easter Sunday. But I know that some churches, particularly in our African-American cultures, almost feel as though uh, you have a tale of two cities. You have the one side who are the believers who are expected to just go slam off because, (laughs) you know, it's the resurrection of Jesus, the most important day. If he didn't die, you know, all that stuff. But then you have also mixed in a group of unchurched unbelievers who really either have heard this story or have no real connection to it. And a service can be created sometimes that may, you may look at the result and say, we weren't successful because we didn't huck and buck. Yeah. My my question to you is what (laughs) advice would you give to pastors who are planning services and to parishioners who are attending as well as to what a successful Easter Sunday service should look like? That's a good question. Let me let me let me answer it like this. I think everyone that's planning a, a, a Sunday morning resurrection resurrection Sunday Easter service should know the difference between production and appeal. Ooh, that's good. Um, appeal appeal is to set forth the evidence of our truth before the people in a way. That's creative, yet believable and uncontrived. Mm. In other words, so so the people could tell that this is a production, right? Like, but remember when, remember when the Passion of the Christ came out? Yes. All they did was tell the story as creatively as they as they could, mm-hmm. and it, and so many people were impacted by it because of its appeal, right? It wasn't overproduced. It wasn't. It wasn't a sell. Right. And I think some. I think one, one of the worst things that we could do is go in to Sunday morning thinking if we huck and buck and shout and show them what a good time we have, and they're going to want it. Listen to me. They, they have their own version of that. Right. What they what they don't have is the gospel. 
Right. And, and what people need to catch is, and every leader, every minister need to understand that the all we can do is preach to people. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, no man can come to me as, uh, unless the Father give it to them to do so. No one knows the Father unless the Son reveals him. No one knows the Son unless the Father draws him to the Son. Mm-hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So so while we're up there doing our things, our, it should be saturated in, in, in a, a prayer. We, we're praying all week. Maybe we've been praying leading up to the saying, God, touch the hearts of people because only God can touch hearts. Right. Only God can save. Only God can open blinded eyes. Only God can, can cause. So we asking and we praying and we, and we saying that now we're believing you and now everything we do to create the appeal is an act of faith. Right. Um, faith without works is dead. So our, our music presentation that day is an act of faith. Our um, theatrical presentation is an act of faith. We're not the best actors, but we're going to do the best. We're not the best singers, but we're going to do the best. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best preacher, but I'm, I'm going to preach a sincere message without trying to entertain the crowd. Right. Now, th- there's nothing wrong with, with you presenting the truth and the truth be entertaining. Right. God help you if you get up there with the, with the motive of being entertaining at the expense of the truth. Wow. See, so we have to we have to know the Bible says we're workers together with God. So we have to go up there with the understanding that we have to do the natural part and God does a super part. Here's something I want to share, Gerard. It's interesting. I was at the Full Gospel Baptist um, Convention. It was the um, the Council of Bishops. And for those of you that don't know, I just connected with the Full Gospel Baptist Churches uh, International. Uh, Bishop Joseph Walker is a presiding bishop, and people say, "Why did you do that?" And I said, "Because I felt because I'm called." The, 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 the bishop asked me to be a part of that organization to do something, to to help with the counseling of of leaders who struggle or leaders who are, are, are in trouble, have fallen or whatever. And my job is restoration. So I'm bringing in a team of counselors and we're going to set it up. There's more to come on that later on. But but we just had a meeting. And when I got from a presentation, I shared something with them that I want to share here. The Bible says we have this treasure. In earthen vessels, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's the King James says this that the excellency of the power will be of God and not of us. The word excellency is a, is interesting. It's the Greek word hyperbole. Really? Yes, it's like our English word hyperbole. And and you know, it, it, when, in in the literal sense, the word hyper, when you use a hyperbole is when you exaggerate something. You take a truth and you stretch it so far just to just to oversell it to show people. What you you know you like like the, the uh, man that seemed like like she was like ten feet tall right like, you know she, she wasn't ten feet tall but um you try to get it you you, you use hyperbole to show man she was taller than than would be expected right isn't that interesting that the word for the excellency of the power the hyperbole of the of the power will wow. be of God now the word power is the word dunamis so literally he, and if we use it in English uh, literal terms so that the hyperbole of the of the dynamite will be of God and not of us that's what it really is good grief also the hyper the hyperbole of the explosion is God really what it's saying is is so that whenever you we have this treasured earthen vessels so that whenever you see us doing something in the natural that has super results the super is from God not of us Wow. And so, and so, I think that's what everyone has to come to the table with. We're going to bring the natural, and God is going to take our natural and and create this hyperbole out of it, where people going to believe they're going to leave, say, "Man, that was the best service I've ever been to in my life." Not really, mm-hmm. but in that moment, and for that person, it may have been because God put His super on it. God put the hyperbole on it. It's not us trying to 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 produce something. We try to be. We are trying to produce a, 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 a spiritual experience. No, all we have to do is create the appeal. Yeah. And God does the production. 
Man, that that is that is so good, and it just makes me think too about how important it is for uh, churches to be connected to their community so that they can understand the language of the community. That's good. So that for a moment, because for instance, I, I was part of a, a great church in Virginia Beach, Wave Church, and one of the things that they did Easter every year always blew my mind because they challenged my brain in terms of what evangelism looked like. Wow. So one year I will never forget, uh, we did a Beatles presentation for Easter. And I scratched my head saying, now, how in the world <laughs> are we going to use Beatles music to win people to Jesus? Like, like we were not singing about the cross. We were singing Beatles hits. And I'm saying, I got to teach the choir this. And I'm like, wait a minute. This does not make, a, make sense. But what I learned over the years was, you know, it didn't make sense maybe from where I sat. But right. every time there was an appeal, people came in droves. And that year was one of the most successful years in terms of people making decisions and people turn and, and it blew my mind. But that can't necessarily be superimposed over, you know, a city in Atlanta or a church in Atlanta right. or, you know, a community, you know, in Washington, D.C. or something. So talk a bit about how important it is that this Easter Sunday and really, quite frankly, every other Sunday services really are tailored to the language of the community they serve. One man, that's powerful to just share too, man. You know, one of the, one of the um the things that we underestimate the Holy Spirit about is that the Holy Spirit is aware of the lies that Satan is telling in a certain community. Man, that's good. Wow. And so, the, no doubt, you know that that's that's strange instruction. And a lot of times, when God wants supernatural results, He gives strange instructions. Yes. Uh, so, 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 can you imagine what that pastor felt like when the Spirit of God laid on his heart <laughs> to do a Beatles presentation? <laughs> right. that I was thinking, what in the world? But you know what the Holy Spirit was doing? The Holy Spirit understood that the lie that was being probably told in, in that community mm -hmm. is that the church was not, the church was disconnected from reality. Right. They don't have fun. They, they, don't, they don't appreciate culture. And mm -hmm. so that, what, you, what, the, what Wave Church did when they brought in, when they did the Beatles presentation, it, it put people easy to think, man, you know what? Not only is this cool, but these people are cool. Absolutely. And look how much fun they're having serving the Lord. Absolutely. And, and the lie that the enemy told them that you can't enjoy life and serve the Lord was dispelled enough for God to, to slip the gospel in there wow. and appeal. Because of, they had to go to water again, appeal. Yes. To appeal to the people, say, you know what, man, why, why waste your life mm -hmm. out there struggling without God, having no hope? When I could be in here having the hope of God being saved and still enjoying life. Yes. And, and in every community, I believe that that. that the, the leaders, not, not the pastors, pastoral team, the, even the members, we have to have our pulse, I mean, our, our fingers rather, on the pulse of our community to know um, not only what truth is needed, but what lie is being is being disseminated by the enemy wow. through people, for the most part, about about church in general, and particularly our pastors about your church. Yeah. You know, um, we had a crazy thing happen last Sunday uh, in church, and this, ha this doesn't ha have much to do with Easter, but I think it will help some people that need it. 
I've been asking my congregation for, for, for months, if not years, to, to, to get up and volunteer different parts of the church. And so finally they won't do it. And I was praying and I was studying this thing about uh, this. This was Sunday. We're in the book of Haggai chapter two. And we're talking about get to work. Okay. That's, the, that's what I was talking to them about last Sunday, get to work. And so as I'm studying works, I have to explain to them that, of course, we're saved by grace, not by works, but we save for works. And this is a whole kind of it could be kind of technical. Yeah. But I got to the part that was teaching of faith without works is dead. In other words, I can't see your faith unless you, you, you do something. That's right. And so I'm prepared. I'm up there preaching. And, and while I'm preaching, I, I sense the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, so, OK, your faith, you believe me for people to come and serve, but, but what's your work? And so what I did, I said, OK, I said, all the people here today that are technologically savvy, stand up. Hmm. And so all the people stand up. I said, oh, good. Lord has need of your talent. I said, how many of you have an hour a week to share? They raised their hand while they were standing. I said, good. I said, Elder White, come. Y'all follow him. He's going to tell you what you need to do. And the, the way we dismissed this service this past Sunday was by having people stand with for different interest groups, yeah. appointing a leader, getting their name signed up, and, and activating my church, putting them to work. That's good. That's the that's the way I released my faith. Now, I think I think um as pastors and churches prepare for resurrection Sunday for Easter, what we have to realize is this is that number one, we have to have faith for harvest. That's important. Yes. But what's important too is I think more than anything else, more than my church is my message. Right. The pe- we have we people have to leave. And, and another thing too, I want to help. I don't know our time is kind of passing, but I want to say this. Paul said, um, he, he gave this analogy. He says, um, one plants, the other waters. Right. God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. Every time the, the problem with evangelism in the church is that we take for granted that whenever we are, whenever we encounter an unbeliever, that God has us to encounter them um, for the harvest. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the, the order is one plants, the other waters, God gives the increase, and then we put in the sickle and get the harvest. Right. So we, we're taking for granted that when we run into unbelievers, that God has already given increase and it's time for harvest. Suppose you're the one that's planting the seed. Right. That means you have to be able to plant the seed and walk away. Mm-hmm. Suppose, you, suppose you're just watering a seed that's been there. You, don't get up there and say, oh, some of y'all go to church every Easter, you leave out not saved, you devils. No. Oh. Just keep watering the seed. That's right. And then the other, the other one is God gives the increase. And when God gives the increase, many times we don't expect it. Right. I've, I've preached, I remember, I remember preaching on, on Sundays in, in different places. People are staring at me. They never responded to anything I said. And when I gave the invitation, they get up, come into the altar with, water, with tears in their eyes. Right. I'm thinking, oh my God, I thought they were, they were bored and ready to go. Right. God was, God was dealing with them. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I want to encourage everyone, especially pastors, is that man? You get up there, and you trust that that whether I'm planting the seed, or watering the seed, or I'm the one um, putting in the sickle for the harvest. I'm gonna do what's in my heart to do. And I'm gonna do it unto the Lord and and make Jesus the main message and let God bring the results. Man, that is so good. I hope you guys enjoyed that because I I did, and my brain is going. I've got so many other <laughs> questions, and we'll probably do that on another podcast. But it's amazing. Uh, to see the great, great things that come from these discussions that we call Heart to Heart. So I hope you guys found today's session 
to be amazing. We want to hear from you. So use the hashtag on social media, heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. And let us know your thoughts, what your plans are for this Easter Sunday. And we certainly hope that this will help you in terms of your production and presentation of Jesus to the world. Join us next time right here for On Course with Heart Ramsey.